We love you. We praise you. We glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and that it's active and that it's sharper than a double-edged sword. God, we pray today that you'd use this word to change us, challenge us, and to convict us. God, as we've came into this place, Lord, we pray that this would be a transformative time, that we would not leave here the same way that we came, Lord, that you would do mighty things. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I'm also a man under authority, having soldiers unto me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom of heaven will be cast out into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now, when Jesus had come into into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left, left her and she arose and served them. When evening had come, they brought him, brought to him many who were demon possessed And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he took, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. I mean, there's a lot going on in this story, and it's, it's a good, powerful story. Uh, what, what we see going through this is that uh, Jesus comes through and a leper gets healed, and Jesus comes through and a centurion's servant gets healed. We, see that Jesus comes through and, and Peter's mother-in-law gets healed. And then we see that Jesus could just continues to heal and heal and heal. And people's lives are changed. People's lives are changed when Jesus came into town. Now, if you're anything like me and you read God's word, I look, I read things like this and I say, well, how come we don't see stuff like that happening today? Like, why, why don't we see Jesus doing big miraculous things in people's lives today? Why, why don't we see the, 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 the dead rising and the sick healed? Why don't we see those things? I don't know about you, but for me, that's what I want to see. Amen. Amen. I want, I want to see the big, powerful, miraculous things of Jesus. I want to see things that happen that people say, man, I have no idea how it happened. It only could have been God that did it. That's what I want to see in my life. Amen. Amen. And so we look at this story and and what can we get from this? Uh, What we can get as we walk through this together today is you're going to see the way that the leper and the soldier and the mother all acted or something that we can get inside of us that are going to help us get more out of Jesus that we can see him move. Amen. So the first thing that the leper tells us in this story is the leper tells us, if you want to see Jesus move, you got to be humble. You got to be humble. It says a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now there's a, there's a few parts of this story that I, that I find very interesting. And, and one of these is that there were multitudes following Jesus. Now, I don't know exactly the, the number of the multitudes, but it's probably in the thousands 
And out of these thousands of people, they're all walking. And, and it says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him and fell at his feet. And I always wondered, well, how come everybody didn't come? Because only one guy came out of the crowd. Only one guy came out of the multitude and had a humble heart that said, you know what, I'm going to come away from the group of people because I see that this Jesus is the one that can heal me from my infirmity. And so he came out of the crowd and worshiped him and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, if you want to see Jesus move, you've got to be humble enough to be able to do that. Now, I don't know if you know anything about leprosy, but leprosy was a debilitating condition. It would create open sores, scabs, and lesions on a person. People would be uh, bleeding and they would uh, have lesions that would have <coughs> pus oozing out of them. And leprosy was so bad that they might lose hands or feet or fingers or toes. <coughs> and then they would be a complete outcast. Now, as a leper, uh, leprosy was thought to be greatly contagious. And so because they, they were thought to be so contagious, people would do everything that they could to stay away from the person that had leprosy because they didn't want to get whatever this person had. And so they were, they were uh, staying away from them uh, because there was no way that they could be healed. Now, in Bible times, the priest was the one that determined... If the person had or had been exposed to the disease of leprosy and whether or not the diseased person was able to be in society. And then the priest was the one that decided whether or not they needed to be quarantined. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> the pinnacle of health care in Bible times was the priest and the priest was the one that made those decisions. And so you've got to put yourself in this man's situation. He's an outcast. He's labeled. He's quarantined. He's unable to take part in society. And then he comes out of the crowd, out of the multitude, and he, and he comes to Jesus and he says, if you are willing, if you are willing. Now, this was a man of faith. Amen. This is a man who was surrounded by other people, but had a need and humbled himself and put himself before the one that he knew could heal him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God that he had that type of faith. How many, how many relationships in his life had been broken because of his disease? How many people had stayed away from him because of his condition? How many times did he have to walk through the crowd crying out, unclean, unclean, and people stayed away from him. But in that moment, as the multitudes followed, there was only one that came out of the crowd and was humble enough to go before Jesus and worship him and say, if you are willing, you can do it, Jesus. I want to be healed. And so I'm willing to humble myself. Now, I don't, I don't know anything about this guy. The Bible's actually really silent about uh, the history of this guy. Now, I, I don't know about you, but when I think about heaven and I talk about heaven, I have this dream of, of being able to have a big spiritual Google, right? Like a place where you can sit down and you can type in all the questions that you ever wanted to know. Does anybody else think about heaven that way? I just, I want to, I want to know what they were saying about me in the third grade. You know, I want to, I want to know those things. And I, and I, and I want to, I would love to talk to this leper and, and, and kind of see what, what, what was, where was he at in his life? 
What, how had his life been different before he got to this point in his life? I don't, I don't know if he was a Jew. I don't know if he was a Gentile. But what I do know is that the word of God was available during that time. Maybe this guy had been to the synagogue. Maybe he had been around the scriptures. Maybe he knew Psalm 147 that says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Maybe he knew Jeremiah 33, 6 that says I will bring it health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. Man, I wish, I, I, I really wish that some of y'all get excited about God's word this morning. I, I wish somebody, and maybe some of y'all need to clean that wax out of your ears this morning because those are faith scriptures. Those are healing scriptures. Maybe some of y'all never been through something. Maybe you're not going through something right now. Maybe you're just walking in so much faith and victory that a story about a man getting healed means nothing to you. But for me, I want to see God move. Amen. I want to see him do big, powerful, miraculous things. I want to have faith like a leper that says, you know what? I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to come out of the crowd. I'm going to worship God because I know there ain't nobody else in my life that's going to be able to do it except for Jesus. And so then Jesus goes and tells him, go and show the priest. Now, I think this is for a few reasons. I think the, one of the reasons is that Jesus wanted to honor the law of God in regards to leprosy. Now, Jesus says that I am the fulfillment of the law. He didn't come to abolish it. He came to fulfill it. And so the law of Moses was that if you had leprosy, there were all these steps that you had to go through to be determined clean by the priest. And so you had to wash yourself and you had to dip yourself and you had to give it so many days. And so if a man had leprosy, even though Jesus healed him, he still wanted him to go back to the priest so that they, he would honor the law of God, that, that he wouldn't be lawless after he had healed him. And that's why he said, don't go tell anybody, go directly to the priest. The other part of it is, is that Jesus needed the priests to know that he was Messiah. Amen. They needed, they needed those priests to know that, that Messiah had shown up and that now the healing was going, going to begin, that people's lives were going to be changed because of Jesus. See, uh, Isaiah 35, 5 and 6 says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in wilderness and streams in the desert. Amen. Amen. See, and this healing is another proof of Jesus' ability to heal the sick. And it's proof that he is the Son of God. And so, why, why was the, the leper healed? Because Jesus can heal and he's humble enough to ask. He's not going to stand in the crowd and watch the Messiah walk by and think, man, I sure wish I could get out of this leprous condition that I'm in. I want to be healed. I want to be set free. He could have stayed with the crowd. He could have stayed in his condition. He could have lived in his pain, but he walked in humbleness and faith and believed. Now, if you pay attention to some of my sermons and if you've ever talked to my wife, she will tell you that I get a lot of free stuff simply because I ask. It's one of, it's one of the blessings of being me. I, I, am, I am not afraid to ask anyone for anything that I want. I'm just not, man. And I don't know how long I've been that way. I've just always been that way. And, and so I, I'm the type of guy that if I'm sitting in a restaurant and they say it's, it's the Sunday special and it's on Tuesday, I ask, 
I know it's Tuesday, but can I still get the Sunday special? And you know what? About eight, nine, eight, eight or nine times out of ten, they're like, uh, yeah, sure, whatever, you can have that. Why? Because I asked. I mean, literally, I'm the guy that when I pay for a hotel room and I'm standing at the counter and I'm looking at the person, I say, can I get a better room for the same price? And they go, uh, yeah, I think we can do that today. I'm the type of guy that if I see a vehicle that's been sitting in your driveway for a couple of years and it's covered with green slime, I say, can I have that? And then people give it to me. I literally, free vehicle for me. I drove it for many years. Why? Because I asked. Just this week, my neighbor was paying thousands of dollars for a landscaping project. And there was a bunch of sod sitting there. And I was like, that doesn't look like they're going to use it. I asked this landscaper, hey, man, can I have that sod? And he's like, yeah, you can have it. I was like, glory to God. I put it in my... <laughs> and I say, hey, man, I'm a little short on dirt. Can I take some from your pile? And he goes, yeah, take a couple barrelfuls. Be fine. Because I asked. You would get so much more in your life if you would just ask. They always say, man, the loud mouth gets fed. Amen. The the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You guys have heard it all the time. Now, it's a funny story, but it's not a story about how awesome I am at asking. It's a story about why aren't you asking Jesus? Why are you not going to the source? Why are you not going to the creator of the universe and saying, Lord, there's something that I need in this life. And I know that you're the one that can do it. Psalm 41, the Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sick bed. Friend, what do you need Jesus to do for you in your life that you haven't seen happen because you refuse to leave the crowd and bow before Jesus and say, if you are willing, see what he does. Why, why are you afraid to ask Jesus for something? What, what, what's the worst thing that could happen? You could get delivered. You could get healed. You could get set free. You could see him change something inside of your life. The problem is, is that you are so used to being dependent on yourself that you're afraid to ask Jesus. Say, I'm just going to take care of it myself. I don't need to bother Jesus. I'm just going to keep doing the same things that I've been doing for the, for my whole entire life. And expect that things are going to be different. Why are you holding back? Now, I, I, I get it. We live in a different time. <clears throat> we don't walk around in groups and follow itinerant preachers claiming to be the Messiah. The problem for us, though, as most of you in this room are Christians, we know who Jesus is. We just lack the humbleness to go before him and ask him for what we need. Now, some people would say that, well, it takes a lot of courage to do that. Not everybody can just, you know, step out and be you, Matt. Well, I think honestly that as a society, we're overrun with courage. I think we need more humbleness. I think we need to learn how to bow the knee and go before the Lord and put it in his hands. The Bible says in Proverbs 22, it says, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor in life. And so are you humble? Do, do you fear the Lord? Do you, do you see Jesus as your source and healer or are you in your own doing it your own way on your own terms? Because I'll tell you right now, the, the creator of this universe created you so that you could learn to be dependent on him. He created you so that you can be in relationship with him. He wants to move in your life and he's waiting for you to ask him because he wants to prove himself faithful. You've just got to be humble enough to step away from the crowd and cry out and say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
who forgives all my iniquities, who heals all my diseases, all of them. Now, I don't know if you believe that God is a healer, but I believe that God is a healer. I'm going to rest in God's word. I'm going to take God at his word. I'm going to believe that he's a healer. Why? Because the scriptures say that he is. The problem nowadays is that people don't have to trust God for their health and healing. Some of y'all got more faith in Walgreens and Rite Aid and CVS. Do you, do you not see on the commercials when you watch that evil devil box, when they have the, the side effects, the side effects of what they want to prescribe you are worse than what they're trying to fix. You can have like a skin condition and they're like, may cause suicidal thoughts. You might bleed out of your eyes. You could lose your left limb or your parents may go to jail. Like it's, it's the worst things. It's worse. It's scarier than having some scabs on your hands. Like, and I'm, listen, I'm not against modern medicine. I'm not right. I mean, there's, I'll take a pill and I'll take a whatever, you know. But just largely speaking, what has happened over the last couple hundred years is that we have become so dependent on modern medicine that we never reach out to God and ask him to heal us. We treat our bodies in such a way that we say, well, they'll just make me a pill for it. I'll just, the doctor, doctor will do a surgery and, and maybe you've never had some sort of debilitating disease or situation where only God can do it. But I will tell you, man, God will move in those situations. He will. And I, let me make it clear, because some, some of y'all hear me talk about healing and say, well, he's against doctors. I am not against doctors, okay? Luke was a doctor. I'm not against Luke. So please, if you're on like cholesterol medication, you don't need to stop taking it. I'm not a doctor. I just play one on television. And uh, <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm not that guy at all. The point I'm making is not that you don't need to go to the doctor and make medications, the, uh, take medications. The point that I'm trying to make is why aren't we trusting God for our healing like they used to before we created all this modern medicine? Why? Why, why, why do we not go to God and say, you know what, God, there's this thing I need you to fix. God, there's this area that I need you to move. God, I believe that you're a healer. You're the, the God that healed the lepers and raised the sick and get, make, made the sight, the, the sight of the blind man happen is the same God that's here today. And he still wants to do those things in your life. If you would just humble yourself and go before him and worship him. Amen. Amen. Proverbs eleven two. when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the humble is wisdom. Quit being so prideful that you will not bow the knee before the Lord. Quit, lay, quit living in pain and misery while the savior of the universe is walking by willing to heal you. James 4.10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And I will tell you right now, I don't care what it is. If it's physical, he can heal it. If it's emotional, he can heal it. If it's relational, he can heal it. If it's financial, he can heal it. Any situation, Jesus can come in and fix it. Have you not read your Bibles? People just seem to forget that like they're just really good felt board Sunday school lessons. The dudes were not catching fish. And Jesus said, why don't you put your net on the other side of the boat? And they're like, well, that seems dumb. But they did it. And what happened? They got more fish. That has nothing to do with physical healing. That has nothing to do with relational healing. That has nothing to do with your spiritual healing. He just wanted these dudes to see that Jesus can make you get some more fish. 
Just because. And he didn't even take any. He just let him have it. Can you start believing and get in your mind that God wants to do big things in your life? Amen. Amen. But you got to bow the knee. You got to go to him. You have to humble yourself. I, I don't, I don't know how some people do this, but I, I, I get no pleasure on figuring stuff out on my own. I, I just want to win. I don't care how I get there. I just want to win. And so what I do is, is if there's something that I want to be good at or something that I want to learn, I find somebody that's more successful than me. And then I just say, tell me what to do. And I just do it. I don't question it. I don't say, well, you know, I heard this thing. Have you ever known these people that never want to, like, they think they know everything about everything? Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. I'm like, dude, just tell me what to do. I'll do exactly what it is. If you're being successful, I want to be successful. I'll do exactly what you do. I, I, I don't mind paying an expert to do something for me because I don't want to teach myself how to do this. Now, when I was younger, I had a little bit more bravado. I know I'm toned down now. And uh, I remember when Crystal and I got our... our dude, I've got, I could sp- preach sermons about failed home improvement projects that I've done. Okay. They were just horrible. You know, I remember when we had our house down in uh, Texas. Now, if you know anything about construction, you'll find this interesting. We had a kitchen floor that had like three layers of linoleum on it. And so <laughs> I was like asking some guys in the parking lot at church, like, yeah, hey, I got to change my floor. It's got linoleum on it. So this guy's like, yeah, man, just take some plywood and put it on top of it, and then you float it, and then you put a new floor on top of that. And I'm like, well, easy enough, right? So I got some big, thick, three-quarter inch plywood, and I put it right on top of that floor, man. (laughs) I put it down with screws. (laughs) And then, like, there's gaps and stuff, so I was like, had to get some, I think it's called mastic or something, and I'm mixing it up, and it was kind of, I mean, it was probably just at least like a half an inch thick, and I'm just troweling it down on the floor, and that bit, it was bumpy, and I had to sand it, and then we had peel and stick things that we put on top. It, it made my kitchen floor like this much higher, so I had to put like a bullnose when so you had to step into the kitchen because it was like a step up. I think about that poor sap that bought that house. At some point, some guy was, was cursing whoever had done this. I'm sure that guy saw, man, what kind of dumb person does a floor like this? I'll tell you who, a, a young man that thinks that he knows better than an expert, thinks he's going to do it on his own and that it just ruins somebody else's Saturdays for the rest of his life because you did a bad job. Are you done trying to fix your own life? Are you done trying to live life on your own terms? See, some of y'all sitting here this morning are, are in a, a special kind of way in your life because you refuse to bow the knee to Jesus. You've been living far too long on your own terms. You've been doing it your own way and it has failed you miserably and you keep thinking that you're going to figure it out. And I will tell you, friend, you are never going to figure it out. Come out of the crowd. Come out of the crowd and worship Jesus and submit to him and just say, Lord, if you are willing, and he is. See, the second thing we learned from this story is this soldier comes in and this soldier has a, a servant that's sick And so he has this faith of belief of just saying, Lord, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Verse eight, the centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. There's that humbleness again, but just say the word 
and my servant will be healed. Now this is a, a, gosh, I could preach a whole sermon on just this Roman. Cause you think about it. Here's a Roman soldier in a Roman army and he's under authority of Rome, but he has authority over, over soldiers. And so then he goes to Jesus and asks him to heal his servant. And then Jesus says, based on this centurion's confession and his submission to Jesus's authority, he looks at him and says, I have not seen greater faith in all of Israel. Now, it's pretty spectacular to think about that, isn't it? After everything that Jesus had said and done, and there's scribes, and there's Pharisees, and there's priests, and there's Jews, and they're all around. And he says, out of all these guys, this is the one that I would say, I have not seen greater faith in all of Israel. Now, I, I don't know where this man was at in his faith. I don't know what he knew about or what, what he was doing with his life. But here's what this centurion knew and what we see in the story is that the words of Jesus are powerful and able to change things if he would just ask Jesus to speak. And so the centurion goes to Jesus and says, man, I don't even need you to show up to where my servant is. I don't need you to touch him. I don't need you to lay hands on him. Just say the word. Just say the word. And I know by your word, he's able to be healed. Just say the word. Isaiah 55, 11, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and shall prosper in the thing for which I sent, sent it. Do you realize that when God's word goes forth, it always does what God intended it to do. You may not see it in your timeline, but whatever word that is spoken, it will come to pass. And so if there's something that that you're wanting to see, you've got to understand that God's word will come to pass. This is what God says about his word. That's what Jesus has been doing by his word, healing people. And somehow this centurion knew. He knew that the simple words of Jesus would heal his, uh, his servant. And so he recognized the power of Jesus and his word, and then he believed it. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in him. Friend, that is a true scripture. That is a true scripture. God protects those who put their trust in him and his word. If if you're around and you see other people, you think, well, how come their life is different than my life? It might be because they're putting trust in God and his word. It might be because they're believing that God's word is true and every man a liar. See, this soldier found himself in the same predicament as the leper. Nowhere to turn. Overwhelmed with the reality of a sick child, but he put his faith in Jesus and his word. That's a powerful, powerful thing that this uh, centurion did. And it's a sermon that should preach to every single one of us. He said, you know what? I know that the words of Jesus, the one that says in the beginning of the word, the words of God, and the word was God, the God that spoke the world into existence by his word, God spoke it into existence that if this Messiah, this Jesus, if he would just speak his word, I know that he could do it. Amen. Amen. Friends, this is the Jesus that said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, when Jesus said those things, he wasn't just making it up. He was quoting Old Testament scripture. Deuteronomy chapter eight. So he humbled you. He allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. 
See, when you have something tangible like manna in the desert, you believe that the manna was what satisfied you, but it wasn't. It was God's word. You look at your life and you say, well, I have this, or I'm able to do this, or I'm I'm able to experience this. It's because of God's word. There's, There's nothing more powerful than God's word. When his word goes out, it is going to do what he intended it to do. Are you living by God's word? No. See, that's why I'm going to continue to preach. If, I would, if all y'all would have said yes, we could have shut it down, but you didn't say it. Every single one of you would have said yes. You'd be going home right now eating burritos and donuts. Are you trusty, Are you trusting holy in his word to redeem you and save you? See, you you didn't even say yes that time either. I I gave you another chance. I've been... Thank you. Ethan said he wants me to keep preaching. Thank you, Ethan. See, what most of us forget is that if if not all of us, most of us were saved by God's word. You, You didn't come to a realization of Jesus on your own. Most of us got saved because a preacher was preaching or we were watching it on television. We heard it on a recording or we read inside of God's word. It was God's word that led you to him. God's word is what saved you. God's word is what set you free and redeemed you. But for some reason we get saved and then we just move past it. And we say, well, I like to read the Bible because it's interesting, but you don't apply it like a salve to your life. God's word was meant to be used in your life. First Peter 1 23, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Jesus said that his word was going to sanctify us. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctification means the process of holiness. This is why Bible preaching is so important for all of us, myself included. Sanctification is the process of becoming more like Jesus. So the more word we get inside of us, the more holy that we will become. So that we live lives that are holy and pleasing to God. And it's a process. I'm not the same man that I was 30 years ago. And praise God, I hope I'm not the same man I'm going to be 30 years from now. Because I just want more of him his word inside of me. It sanctifies me. It's his word that does it to us. How is it that we get saved by the word and then we leave the word? How do we not continue in it? See this centurion that didn't even have a Bible says, say the word. And we should live by that same faith. If we want to see God move, we should live with a, an existence in our life. When something comes up, if we have a, a issue or a problem or something that we need to see change, we just say, man, Jesus, say the word, just say the word, Jesus, speak, speak it over my life, change it. I know you can do it. I, my servant has a, a fever. Say the word. I know that you can do it. Jesus. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, it says, for the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. This is why when I pray at the beginning of the sermon, I always pray a version of that scripture because I believe that God's word will do things. And people come in here and they hear God's word and it cuts them to the heart. They feel convicted and shame and they want to, they want to have a salve that's going to, 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 to make them feel better from that. And the salve is the word of God that says you can be forgiven and you can be set free because the word is powerful. That's what it was intended to do. 
That's why sitting under the word is so powerful because it actually changes your life. I don't know about you guys, man, but I've been in times when the word's going forward. I'll literally weep because of what the word is doing inside of me. Amen. I've had times in my life when I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could make it and I go to the word and it brings me back on track. I got things that go on in my life and then I go to the word. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever, it says in Isaiah chapter 40. You know what that means? That scripture, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. That means that any and all promises within the word of God are applicable and promises for you today. That, that means any, any scripture that you can open up to that's a promise, you can appropriate that into your life. And he answered, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. I'm taking that promise. Yeah, I want that promise. Now we have not received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. I'm taking that promise. I don't want the spirit of this nasty, dirty world. I want the spirit of God inside of me. All promises of the word are for you today. Do you read your Bibles? See, y'all want to get out of here. You had your chance. It ain't working this time. You got to lean on those promises, man. When you're going through something, do you put on the scriptures? Say, man, I'm holding tight to this scripture. Let me give you an example. Now, most of us probably, now this, this is just a a theoretical story. Okay. (laughs) I'm about to change the story just because you said that. Now the story's about you. In my house, in regards to the temperature of the house, I am the lawgiver. Okay? Just put a lockbox on that thermostat in our house. Now, for the life of me, I don't understand. Now, for some of you, and this might hurt, okay? I hate being in my bed clothes, okay? I don't enjoy being in whatever I slept in. And so... In the morning, I will short, I will have a cup of coffee and read my Bible, and then quickly I get out of my bed clothes. I just feel like a louse sitting around in dirty old shirt and sweatpants, whatever I sleep in, right? Some of y'all are like, I stand it until like two o'clock. <laughs> it's fine. You can, be that person. I, you can be that guy. I, for one, hate it. I get dressed, and then I'm dressed for the day. I literally... I. I rarely get into sweatpants even like in the evening time before I, oh, oh, today maybe, but like a lot of times I just stay dressed like this and then I sit on the edge of the bed, I take off my shoes and then I get ready for bed. I just don't like being in those types of clothes. It makes me feel like I'm not doing... <laughs> the story's about you too, Whitney. All right. <laughs> so I will get dressed for the day, Right? Undershirt, shirt, shirt, sweatshirt. And I'll be sitting in my house and it's, I mean, I don't know where you keep your, it's a, it's a little brisk. It's, it's good. It's at a temperature that you can pay the bills at. And then inevitably someone, whoever it may be, will waltz into wherever I'm at and be wearing shorts or a t-shirt and no socks and say, can we turn up the heat? And I say to them, you have a whole entire room filled with socks, 
Pants, sweatshirts, layers, gloves, hats, parkas, sleeping bags. You got all measure of ways to make yourself warm. You are choosing to stand around half naked in the middle of winter expecting that the house is going to be a balmy 74. And it just isn't going to happen. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. That's good, Pastor. For somebody today. Now, it's a funny story, but the point of the story isn't being funny. The point of the story is, is that some of y'all are just like that cold person, but it has to do with your life, and you refuse to put on the Word of God. Standing around, my feet are cold. Put on the Word of God. Feet of the gospel, shod with peace. Put it on, man. I'm cold. I need, I need some more heat. No, you don't. You need to put on the word of God that he's a shield to those who take refuge in him in Jesus name. Put on the word of God. Quit walking around cold talking about like someone else needs to turn up the heat. You need to put on the word of God. That's what you need to do. Use that next time someone wants heat in your house. Did you put on the word of God? See, God's word promises guidance faithfulness, salvation, wisdom, peace, joy, love, riches in heaven, adoption into his family, strength and power, provision, eternal life, deliverance from our enemies, from danger, from temptation. He promises healing and renewal and revival by his word. Why would you not put on God's word? Oh man, it's like a, it's the best thing ever. It's like a cup of water on a hot day. Now, many of you know my, my sermon notes are online, and so you can go to the sermon notes after the sermon, and I found this link, and it's on there. There's 160 promises from God in the scriptures, and go and print them out. Live by those promises. When you find yourself in doubt, despair, and disbelief, claim the promises of God. Take them at his word. Say to Jesus, just say the word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away, Jesus said. Now, here's the best part of this sermon. I like it. It's in uh, chapter 8. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and he arose and served them. Now, some people seeing this story seems a little bit chauvinistic. Because, you know, Jesus and the boys, they're out doing stuff and they show up and Peter's mom's there and they probably want some falafel or something. And it's like, man, bro, my mom's sick, man. I don't know what we're going to do. And Jesus is like, hold on, I got this. I'm going to heal her and then she can get up and make us some food. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, I, I, I don't... I, I don't know if that's exactly what the scripture says. I really have a problem with that interpretation. I think it's men. I, I, I ask you to try that next time it's going on in your house. You claiming that promise in Jesus name, pick up your mat and walk sandwich. Come forth in Jesus name. I don't think that's the interpretation of scripture, but here, here's what I love about this story. I love the fact that she was sick. She was healed. And then she got up. She got up. She just got up. She didn't complain about where she used to be. She didn't complain about the pain she used to be in. She didn't use it as an excuse to keep her from doing something. She just got up. 
She got healed and she left where she used to be and said, I'm no longer feverish in bed. I'm getting up. I'm going away from that thing. See, some people live in this I used to be or I used to have a, or I used to went through and they have been healed and they've been set free, but they don't do anything with it and they don't just get up. Just get up, man. You've been healed. Get up. You've been set free. Get up. The old has become new. Quit treating it like the new is old. Just get up. You've been set free. You're no longer in bondage. Just get up. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and she began to wait on him. Praise God that she was set free. Praise God she wasn't going to let her past keep her from moving forward. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Friend, forget that which is behind. The fever is gone. The pain is gone. The old is gone. You are, you are no longer that person. Amen. Amen. What are you, what are you going to do with your healing? What are you going to do now that you've been set free? Are you going to sit around and say, well, I'd love to come out of the, but I used to have a fever. I was in a bed a long time. You've been set free. You've been healed. What are you going to do with it, man? Get up. Isaiah 43. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Friend, God had done a new thing in her and she let God do it and she got up. God wants to do a new thing in you. Let him and then get up. Have you been set free, but you're still living in your chains? I tell you, man, it's hard because you'll get set free and you'll be forgiven. But then you get this idea of like, well, I can't. I can't really move forward because I have this thing in my past that I have this thing in my past. I have this thing in my past, but I can't move forward because I feel like that's who I, I still am. Man, have you been set free? Have you been delivered? Is God not the God of his word? Is he not the God that healed the leper? Is he not the God that healed the centurion servant? Is he not the God that walked on water, healed the sick, raised the dead, made the an arm grow out and eyes work? Is that not the God? And get up. Get up. I don't know if you know this about elephants. An elephant's a really big animal. And the, and the way they train elephants, when they're trying to wash them and do feed them and that kind of stuff, they pick a huge chain on their foot. And then they tie the big chain to the wall. And these are big, huge chains. And, and so the elephant tries to pull it, and he can't because it's more powerful than his leg. Well, the problem is, is that all the zookeepers moving these chains around gets really heavy. And so what they figured out is is after a period of time, they don't have to have the big chain connected to the wall anymore. They just have to keep the collar on their foot. And then they just put a very simple rope uh, next to the wall because the, the uh, elephant has learned that the slightest bit of resistance tells them that they can't break that chain. And so they just sit there and they just live, like they got the power, like it's right. They could just pull it out of the wall. But because they've been trained by the past chains, there's a sermon in there somewhere. They just refuse to break it and just move forward and say, man, I can be set free. I don't have to live in this bondage. Yes, you were. Yes, you did. Yes, you once. Yes, in your past life. Now, let me just help you out. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Sorry. I, can't, I care. But just get up, man. 
Skid up. Just move forward. Watch what Jesus can do when you just get up. Just move forward. Second Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Isaiah 43, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. If God doesn't remember your sins, why are you sitting around thinking about your past? Why are you still living like you got a fever? Get up and start serving Jesus. Get up and help him any way that you can. You can see him move if you would just get up. There is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Do you believe that or do you walk in condemnation? Do you walk in the freedom that Christ provides? You can stay in the past if you want, but I'm not. You can live with a fever, but I'm not. I'm going to take God. I'm going to be humble. I'm going to go before Jesus. I'm going to take his word and then I'm going to get up. I'm going to get up and I'm not going to look back. Luke chapter nine, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Hebrews chapter 10, their sins and their lawless deeds. I will remember no more. Philippians chapter three. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I might gain Christ. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Would you close your eyes? Would you bow your heads? If you're here this morning and you are not a Christian, we want to invite you to become one. It's really quite easy, man. Either you're a Christian or you are not. You've given your life to Jesus or you haven't. And if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never been set free and you'd say, Pastor, I need to be set free today. I need my life to be changed. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to live for Jesus. I don't want to live for myself. Now at our church, we ask people to raise their hand and we ask them to walk forward. The reason why we do that is because we believe that if you can stand up in a room full of Christians and say you're going to live for Jesus, you'll have a better chance doing it outside of the church. So if you've never given your life to Jesus, if you've never said, I want to be a Christian, you want to be forgiven of your sins today and and receive new life, I want to invite you to raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody that needs to do that for the first time? Hand held high. invite you to come up here and someone will pray with you. Walk up here to the front and someone will pray for you. I know know that feels weird, but man, you're most family. Thank you, Jesus. You can, it's okay. Maybe you've been far from God. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I know the truth raised right man and I used to walk with God but I've been so lost and I'm not talking about you had a bad week man you've been gone gone you've been waiting for that moment you're like gosh I just want to come back to Jesus man I want to live that God life I don't want to live the life I've been living I want to be set free but I want to live for Jesus not a superstition life change direction change if you want to rededicate your life to Jesus today we want to pray for you as well so anybody that needs to raise their hand today 
to the heavens and say, that's me. I want to be back in the family of God. Thank you, Lord. If you need something from Jesus today, if you need a healing, if you need deliverance, we're going to close the service by you getting up. I just want to ask you to just stand up. Say, that's me, man. I need somewhere that I need God to move. Be humble. Stand up. Be set free. Stand up. Have faith. Stand up. And standing up doesn't do anything except just put your body in position before Jesus and say, Lord, there's an area of my life I need you to move. Would you call out to God with me today? Father, we get up before you today, Lord, believing that you are a healer, that you are a deliverer. God, that you can set us for you and you alone. And so, God, we leave the crowd today and ask if you are willing because we know that you are. And, God, today we say, Lord, just say the word to our situation and we know you will do it because you are a faithful God. And so we get up today, Lord. We get up today and we say, Lord, we know you can do it. We know that you can set us free. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy in our lives, Lord. Father, bring your word and your healing power upon our lives, God. Heal our bodies and our minds and our situations. Father, renew us once again by your word, God. We give you our lives. We give you our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Hey, we want to thank you so much for being online with us today. I want to remind you, if you're not a follower on Facebook, please like our page on YouTube. Please subscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Tell all your friends. Continue to watch online. We thank you for watching. We love you so much. Have a great day.